initially, uh, you know, I tried to do shaping in the team because I kind of have both technical art background. I've run business before. So even though I, I kind of had all the skills necessary, it's, it was still not enough. Like. I mm-hmm. I remember I shaped some features which were like, oh, but that's actually not possible to implement it in this way because of like the way, I don't know, something on the backend works, which is like deep code buried somewhere, like which I have no yeah. idea about. So it's not that you you cannot do it alone and then ask for feedback. I I just think it's just way easier to involve the whole team and as we discussed, it's more pleasant and yeah, I'll just trade out, try it this way instead of like trying to, um, to go the solo type of shaping work. Welcome to Shapers and Builders, the show about better ways to deliver great software products. Today I'm speaking with Marine Petrov, who's part of Camplight, a collective of people working together on software projects and products. Within Camplight, Marine and his team are working on Assister, a Trello power-up for better time tracking. This conversation is part of a series about companies that use ShapeUp, a delivery framework originally created at Basecamp. If you've never heard of ShapeUp, check the show notes for a link to the video Shaping in a Nutshell by Ryan Singer, former head of strategy at Basecamp and author of the book ShapeUp, Stop Running in Circles and Ship Work That Matters. In our conversation, Marine explains why ShapeUp felt like such a natural fit for the team working on Assista and how it gave them great language to activities like shaping. It was fascinating for me to learn about Camplight's setup as a collective, a way of working together that feels like an indie hacker but together kind of approach. Enjoy! Hi, Marine. Thank you Hi, so David. much for being here. Yeah, thanks. It's a pleasure. Um, I, I'm really excited to talk to you today because uh, you have a, a bit of a special um, situation in, in the way you work and, and the way the company that you work at is, is structured, right? Mm. Um, so I would love to, to actually start there and maybe you can talk us a bit through uh, what you do. I know you are part of Camplight, which is kind of a, a collective uh, of people and you have various products and services. And yeah, yeah maybe um, you can just talk us through the background of that and also your role and how you got into uh, into Camplight and the sister that you work on now. Yeah, sure. So Camplight is a software company. Like we are basically making software, uh, but it might be a little different on two fronts. Um, the one one thing or the main thing really is that we are uh, cooperative which means every member of the company is also a shareholder or an owner of that company. Um, So yeah, the first thing is, you know, shared ownership legally even. Uh, And the next thing is we also use um, what we call participatory decision-making. Basically uh, we decide together how the company will go forward or like the governance of the company is also shared between us. Um, so these are the two main things, you know, some people refer uh, to this shared governance as self-management. I really don't like this term because um, it's a little bit overloaded and people have different ideas of what it might mean. Um, in general, it means that uh, we are all leaders in our roles and we try to steer the company together. Um, so, yeah, these are the two main differences, I would say. And and how many people are there on the on the team and within the company? Yeah, so Camplight right now, I think we're 22, I believe, people. We're slowly growing, but we are very careful with that. Um, yeah, the company ex- existed for 
11 years now. We had uh, our 11th birthday celebrated last uh, uh, week. <laughs> and uh, <Congrats>. yeah, I, <laughs> thanks. And I joined the company two years ago. So I'm one of the new guys there. <laughs> and <laughs> so we also work on, um, yeah, actually, maybe I'll say a little bit about the business model. It's kind of like an agency yeah. work. Um, we do a lot of projects with different clients that uh, basically need their software systems built. And it can be anything from uh, web to mobile to uh, any kind of application, really. And then from a few years ago, we also started thinking about our own products and we we do that in two different ways. Like sometimes we build ventures together with our partners uh, where we have also ownership on those ventures. And we also have a few of our own products which we develop. And um, I'm basically on a team that builds these internal products, one of which is called Assista. It's a time tracking software. Uh, for Trello, and yeah, they're basically small. Like, uh, don't think of something <laughs> big or complex. Uh, but we want to slowly kind of grow into more product-based company. I would say. Got it. And then the people that uh, work, uh, you mentioned you have this agency uh, stream of work, and then you have the the internal products uh, mm -hmm. that you try to build. How are people kind of staffed between the two things? Yeah. So most of us work on um, like this agency type of uh, of projects. And maybe me, like actually uh, me and another engineer working on a C-Star full-time focusing on uh, our product. So majority is still uh, working on the uh, agency type of work and small team is slowly growing around our products. And then people are sometimes helping. Uh, so for example, in Assista, we are four people. Um, I'm a product person, you could say. Then we have two engineers uh, and a designer we collaborate with. And also a marketing person. So, yeah, four or five uh, people team. It's not big. It's actually quite small <laughs> compared to what I've been used in before. But, yeah. And um, those people, how do they balance the uh, their time between project work and agency work and then in internal um, product work? Yeah, we... Um, so one thing we try to do and are doing now um, since I joined, I believe, is uh, like income comes from this uh, external project, let's say. Uh, and then we, we are also working on this internal products and then part of uh, this income stream goes into funding those. Uh, so it's in effect like people or uh, people or members of the cooperative are also uh, investors in our own products. Like we decide which one should get a priority, uh, which one we should focus on. Um, but we also try to have a dedicated team working on those. Like we tried before mm -hmm. to um kind of do it on the side like it, it never actually yeah. works uh so now with this business model where we have a funding going actively into the products it's uh easier i believe and we um you know we try to actively put people focusing on it so yeah having full-time focus on on anything i think is important yeah. so yeah we try to stay focused on those yeah 
I hope you don't mind that I drill down about uh, on this model, but I find it uh, pretty fascinating um, mm. for also for for a lot of people who are probably uh, kind of fond of the indie uh, indie lifestyle yeah. um, and way of working. Um, so uh, when you mentioned, you know, you've switched now to a to mindset where you actually actively think of funding these internal products. Mm. Um, how do I have to imagine that? Is it literally in a way that you kind of set up a, a business plan and, and have certain goals where you say, until this point, we want to have this product be self-sustained or or is it more a, a loose mindset? How, yeah. how does that work? Yeah, we, I don't believe in business models too much. Uh, it's more of a, yeah, you could say agile type of thing. Like some, some ideas are born really in a weekend. Uh, for example... Mm -hmm. One project we have right now is uh, called Team GPT, where you know people can collaborate on a, a Chat GPT type of uh, you know interaction with uh, with OpenAI. Um, but yeah, this was just born in a in a week, I believe, and uh, now it's growing. Um, so it's more of a let's try something fast if it works then we continue developing it uh if not then we kill it um there are many ideas that didn't work <laughs> actually uh yeah but i think that's just the nature of it um and i think the idea is to just uh really focus on what works and um try things fast fail fast in a way and um yeah usually that's what we do we uh have an idea we build something around it um nowadays at least that's uh, easy to do with uh, modern architecture you can really spin something really fast and um yeah uh, yeah so we don't really have business plans around those it's uh trying uh trial and error in a way, uh, but then once it starts, well, then we kind of think about more uh, from the business side. Like, for example, our sister is now, mm, what is it, two years old project, even three maybe, uh, and mm -hmm. it's growing. So we have to constantly think about, okay, how do we spend our money, where? And maybe that's why we also use shape up <laughs> in that regard because it uh, fits us naturally. Um, yeah. That, I don't know if that explains yeah, it, definitely. but yeah, we try to be more agile at the beginning, but then kind of be more streamlined, uh, streamlined uh, later on and once. Yeah. The project itself, uh, so Assista uh, as the product, is it, uh, if you don't mind me asking, is it uh, kind of self-sustained yet? Or yeah, yeah. Uh, are you still funding it in a way? We are kind of on the edge, I would say. Um, it's self-sustained. And we can, but we also put some money into it because we want to grow it uh, with... Mm -hmm. Yeah, in different ways, actually. But uh, yeah, right now, it's kind of uh, starting to generate more uh, more than we actually put in it, <laughs> I would say. Um, so yeah. Nice. That's the way you want to be. <laughs> <laughs> cool. And yeah. um, to kind of wrap up this intro section, I guess, in a way, um, I... Um, you yourself, you have a bit of an interesting background, I think, or not not the typical hmm. product background, right? Um, do you want to talk yeah. a, a minute about that? Yeah, actually, that's something I'm still trying to wrap my head around, like how that happened. Uh, <laughs> so I come from 20 years of uh, working in the film and animation industry. Um, my like what I was doing there is uh, my role was character technical director, which means um, if you've seen a movie like Ice Age, for example, maybe one of or few of the characters there were moving because uh, 
you know, me and my team allow them to move. Uh, mm -hmm. So it's a, it's a role which combines a lot of art and technology, which I enjoy a lot. Um, yeah. And yeah, I've been basically doing that forever, really. <laughs> and uh, I think in 2016, I, uh, I decided to build my own company, which was a software for the animation industry. Um, and then slowly got into, you know, building software and mostly SaaS and, you know, web applications and stuff like that. Uh, but like kind of looking to, from different perspective, like it's still art and technology, but, uh, just in a different domain, uh, I would say. So yeah, yeah product work is very similar to what I used to do. It's just the domain is completely different in a way. Interesting. I'd love to maybe circle back to that uh, mm -hmm. later in our conversation, but I just found it fascinating the the transition and what similarities you might see between the two worlds. And you just kind of answered that. Mm -hmm. Cool. I actually discovered you and our sister through the blog post that you wrote on how you work. And, um, mm -hmm. and in it, you mentioned kind of um, the way you you've been inspired by shape up mm -hmm. and as you kind of know uh, right now i'm i'm trying to talk to a lot of teams that are using shape up and understand yep. their stories um so i'd love to hear your your experience and your yeah your journey in adopting shape up how do you get in contact w in touch with it and yeah how did that evolve for you yeah uh so I joined Camp Light, when was it? 2020, I believe. So the book was already out at that time. Uh, yeah. I've read it and I think everyone in Camp Light has also read it. Like part of our culture is we are like very curious and we also like to dig in new stuff. So I think when mm -hmm. the book came up, it was uh probably discussed uh inside camp light i wasn't there um but yeah when we kind of formed a team around a sister we like it, it kind of felt very naturally to to use that like it uh it's a process which um you know combines business design engineering, marketing, everything in one's very, like it just fits uh, in our workflow and yeah, in our culture as well. So it it wasn't like, oh, let's uh, start uh, using shape up. I, I think it was more like, yeah, we'll just use it. It's not a, it's just a common sense in a way. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. So maybe that's how it started. Um, it's yeah even like the words in the um or the descriptions of like what we're already doing in a way like the word shaping is such a great word to the a word to describe like uh this process which uh we do collaboratively to mm -hmm. uh design or come up with a with a solution to a problem um so yeah, all that just fit, fit uh, our team very naturally, and we're using it right now. It's not exactly. Were you? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. I just wanted to ask: Were you around at the time where the team was not using ShapeUp yet? And if so, kind of, can you contrast? Yeah. Uh, were there things bugging you before? Yeah. So. Uh, not really, like I wasn't there, but uh, the thing is, um, I joined specifically so we could focus on our own products. Like before that, it was like a little bit of an ad hoc thing. Like, okay, we do these things, but not really because we don't have funding for them. Uh, so when I joined the team, we kind of transformed the business model to also allow for this like full focus on on these products um 
Mm-hmm. And 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 then it kind of happened. Like it's okay. This is how we're gonna work. This is what processes we're gonna use. Um, yeah, this is how we'll be shaping, and it just evolved naturally from there. It's still evolving. Got I it. Mean, it's, so it's, yeah, yeah. So, but it kind of um, the fact that you joined to focus full time on the product then meant that all of a sudden you had to set some kind of process and, and agree on some way of working in a way, even though it wasn't yeah. that strict as you yeah. mentioned, right? Yeah, sure. That's, a, yeah, that's kind of like what happened. Got it. And then um, you mentioned how it kind of fit naturally with, with how you felt working made sense, but mm-hmm. I think you wanted to touch a bit on also things that maybe you you couldn't adapt one-to-one mm-hmm. from the book, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, one thing is like, we're a very small team. Uh, so this, for example, the six weeks cycles um, described are something we, like if we are a bigger team, yeah, I, I see how, you know, very structured timeline around those cycles will work. I think we're more agile mm-hmm. in that sense. Like, yeah, sometimes you could say a cycle is, yeah, let's ship these uh, two features. One of them is big, the other is small. Um, and then maybe the next cycle will be a little bit bigger. Um, it It's more fluid than that. Like we don't have a strict uh, kind of tempo around that. Um, we still have like every quarter we have retrospections and, um, we also use OKRs. I know it's like people will hate me for saying it, but (laughs) we like it. Uh, and we, yeah, we, we kind of look at those. We see how the business is uh, going. We, um, we're just thinking about the next, the next, uh, three, four months of what we should be focusing on. Um, so it gives us some way of, you know, dealing with uh, unpre- unpre- unpredictability in a way. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, another thing, when when I read the book, I really liked it, but like something that was bugging me was the um, this idea of some people will do shaping work and some people will do other type of work. And mm-hmm. I can see how this might work in teams where you have someone that is like combines engineering, design, and business type of thinking into one. And then yeah. maybe, yes, that person can do shaping work. But um, I don't know. Most teams I've worked at, uh, that's a rare combination to have. So. Uh, mm-hmm. we usually do shaping together uh, as the, as a whole team. So we say, okay, we need to shape this feature. Let's sit down. Uh, we use mirror for that extensively and we're just brainstorming there, uh, on the spot. And it's more like a more programming type of um, action than actually one person doing it. So that's something we're doing differently probably. Yeah. And I think that's, um, I mean, I had the chance to talk to Ryan a few weeks ago, specifically mm-hmm. about kind of, uh, changes to shape up over, over the course of time, or maybe misconceptions, uh, mm-hmm. that, that he was correcting. And one of the things we talked about was this myth of the lonely genius shaper. Mm-hmm. And, um, and what he mentioned in that conversation was, uh, specifically around that being kind of a, an idiosyncrasy of how Basecamp worked, yeah. but not um, not a design per se of of the system shape up that you had to have have one person that's the this genius yeah, shaper exactly. So yeah. it's I think it's co- completely fair to design this and even desire to design to design this as a collaborative um, mm-hmm. activity. Yeah, yeah. I mean, cool. it's also more fun <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> it's uh, yeah. yeah. So staying alone and just doing this, it's not a, yeah, we also work remotely. Um, so we, in that effect, we're kind of very similar to maybe base camp. Like we started that way and stayed that way. Uh, and 
it can get very lonely if you're working remotely. So, you know, doing these yeah. sessions is actually a very uh, nice way to connect with people. Maybe, I, I don't know if this is going to work, but maybe you can uh, try to talk us through the past few cycles or, or projects that you've done and mm -hmm. and kind of talk us through the, the sequence of work. When were you shaping? How were you overlaying the shaping work with the actual development work? Yeah. And how long were the projects? How did they get started and, and get finished? Sure. Or maybe yeah. not. Yeah. So just maybe last week we had some few shaping sessions. Um, so we used Trello for our project management and Kanban a lot. Like we have a focus and an in-progress uh, um, column and then a done column, you could say. And mm -hmm. in general, like we have a few others, but whatever. Uh, so we move, you know, cards from left to right. Uh, once we start working on something, uh, it stays in the in-progress uh, column and then we move it out of there once we finish. Um, so we this shaping type of uh, work that we do uh yeah we just have tasks for them we call them shape this type of feature for example in, for example right mm -hmm. now we're uh shaping a something called a time boxing feature where i mean think of like if you have used uh, time tracking software uh, you probably want to set some uh, deadline or or appetite or <laughs> you know, kind of a time box the how much time this feature uh, or this task should um, should be worked on, and so we're adding this in yeah. assist. And uh, there are a lot of complexities around it. Like it sounds very simple, but uh, because Assist is not the typical time tracking software, it's like uh, adding a little complexities on the on top of that. So yeah, we just last week we sat down with. Actually, I I started a mirror like we start a mirror board around the shaping feature, and uh, we just throw ideas there like what will work. We always start with okay, what's the problem. Uh, and what might be mm -hmm. a potential solution. Um, we have to be very clear about the problem because that's usually where things can go wrong. And yeah, we. this is something which, you know, I've talked to many customers and they want it, but how they want it is a little bit different. So what kind of solution to, to have which fits all of them? Uh, so we're thinking about all this. Now, I, I first started the board, so I put some stuff there, and then I gave it to uh, the team to just review it offline. Like, it wasn't an actual session where we stayed together. So they reviewed it, they mm -hmm. gave me some comments, then I uh, improved some of the uh, ideas we had. Then we had a session together, which we started... Uh, improving it even more and then something came out of it so something you could say is uh, a finished shaped uh feature um and and we and what does uh, that look like like what's the artifact yeah, at the end the artifact is like uh exactly what's described in the book like we have a problem solution uh and you know like all the rabbit holes you might get into, appetite for it. Uh, yeah, some You also use that... a breadboard as uh, yeah, we use Trello or... To, we use Trello to describe all this in the, basically in the cart of the task. We, uh, we put it as a description and we say, okay, this is uh -huh. um, the actual thing we are building. Um, that's what comes out of it. Uh, you, like in this case, there are some mockups, like very loose type of hand drawings in a way. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So anyone that has read the book, it's like 
very, very similar to what was described there, which uh, is very, very low fidelity type of thing, which describes yeah. uh, the solution, but not in too much detail. And yeah, that's, that's what it comes out of the session. And then do you go into building right away? Like, do you have to imagine this mm. as a, as a just in time process where you, you shape something, you build it, you shape the next thing, you build that, or yeah. is there more of a, we shape a few options and then we pick which one we actually want to pursue now. How, how does that work? Yeah, for you? It's more like that. We, we shape a few things, but then we kind of prioritize when to start building them. Uh, and there are usually some some features which are being shaped, some which are being worked on. Um, so it's like an overlap. It's not a we don't have a time for shaping or time for building. It's like we do both simultaneously. Um, yeah. So we started uh, implementing it this week. Um, we we've set an appetite for one week. So let's see if next week it will be ready. <laughs> yeah uh, i was gonna say how what's like a typical size for you because you mentioned you are a small team you are kind of a nimble uh and and agile in that way yeah uh yeah we also one thing which we also do is we don't have a strict work uh schedule like everybody works uh like they decide basically um mm -hmm. and we we also use a system to track our time internally of how mm -hmm. much time we spend building on the system. <laughs> it's very meta. Uh, it is kind of meta. <laughs> yeah. So it we we set one week just because we think that's how much time it will take for everything until we ship it. Uh, no, it might go longer than that than that if people let's say go on vacation like especially if we're a small team that happens and then uh, mm -hmm. you know so it's not a one week of uh calendar one week but like one week of work for uh for mm -hmm. for us and yeah Interesting. usually we're pretty good you have with, these other yeah because uh, you have these other commitments, right? So uh, if I understand you correctly, the uh, kind of the builder team that works with you, they are also busy on the agency mm -hmm. uh, type of work. So they have to split themselves even while a cycle is ongoing in yeah, a way. One of our developers is full-time on Assista. So oh, yeah, you usually mm -hmm. they, uh, yeah, in that regard, they're focused just on that. Um our other developer is splitting time currently because there is like a big project we're working on uh, outside of mm -hmm. Assista. And yeah, I'm sometimes doing also design work and we also collaborate with another designer. So if it's something like I cannot do, maybe they'll do it. Um, but usually most of the design tasks, I, I pick them up. So yeah, it's... when you say design task, is that front end implementation or is that uh, kind of yeah. Figma prototype? I mean, design? both. Sometimes we can also implement something if it's easy enough, like HTML and CSS and JS, for example. Uh, but yeah, it's mostly like Figma design type of work where, okay, that's how the screen should look like. Um, Got it. And yeah, we, even our uh, full-time developer, like she is very knowledgeable about front-end stuff. So usually she will just knock it off uh, directly in in code, probably. <laughs> Sometimes it's easier than to design it. Uh, yes. and then Yeah. And then transfer it because you're exactly. already familiar with the medium, right? Yeah, yeah. Enjoying the conversation. I wanted to take a moment to thank you for listening and to let you know about the Shapers and Builders job board. On shapers.builders, yes, that's the domain, you'll find jobs in software development, design, product management, and other roles at companies.
teams that work with ShapeUp. Many of these roles are remote and teams who use ShapeUp generally run at a more sustainable, healthy and meaningful pace than the hamster wheel of two-week sprints. So if you're looking for a job in tech or trying to find great people, head over to the Shapers and Builders job board at shapers.builders. Now let's turn back to the conversation. Was that something you were looking for specifically when when hiring that uh, full time developer to to have them be full stack in a way? Mm, no, it's but like I see, I see a lot of benefit in that. Like even for designers to even be able to code, uh, it's just so much easier than to you know, uh, design something, then hand it off to someone else to design, to implement it. It's, uh, it's, yeah, I, I, I just feel the more, um, T-shaped you are in that regard, it's maybe better. Um, so no, we don't mm -hmm. try to actively do that, but it kind of naturally maybe happens and maybe because we are a small team, so you have to wear different hats. You in that to. regard, uh, so it's out of necessity in a way, also. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. But I find fascinating what you said about the time being not calendar week, mm -hmm. but kind of a a team effort week, and that can uh, can play out over multiple calendar weeks in a way. Yeah, is there? Um... Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I mean, uh, as I said, we kind of choose when to work. We also have families, anything happens, uh, children are sick at home. Like, I don't think you can, like, it's also not healthy to say, okay, this is, uh, we should be able to ship it in one week. Like no, nobody's going to die. Like, for example, I hear your kid mm -hmm. in the background. <laughs> it's like, these are stuff that <laughs> happened, right? I mean, uh, it's uh it, you cannot really predict it when something will be uh will be ready to be shipped and we're usually good with that like we when we set an an appetite of like a few days or a week or a month like we uh, we know that it might will be able to ship it until then uh so we don't go over that and uh that's what also you know shape up is good for because you you say exactly how much time you will wanna uh invest in it um because uh like before in other teams i've worked with the opposite concept of like uh oh here is a nice feature that we wanna build and uh let's try to build it in that amount of time but it either you either go over that time and uh you, your prediction is wrong or you uh do something and sacrifice quality to be able to ship on time so you know with shape up it's like okay this is how much time we invest and we ship until then uh no more no less kind of yeah yeah, when we spoke before, kind of, um, we we did touch on that topic, right, about uh, appetite being a good fit in a situation where you are also an owner of the company, whereas mm. I think in, an, in an, a pure employee position, uh, you might not care so much if you <laughs> carry a project forward and forward and forward, sprint after sprint. Yeah, that's, ex that, that's very well uh, said. Actually, we... Uh... Like we are constantly like, um, are we sure? Are we sure we wanna invest even build like actually building this thing? Like, is it so important? Uh, so in that mm -hmm. regard, we're like even, yeah, even more careful like how much time we put into, uh, into the software because yeah, you can go overboard with, uh, with that and. 
if you are looking at it from a business perspective, like trying to make a profitable business, then of course it uh, makes perfect sense that you'll be careful with how much you invest. Yeah, uh, I, I think that's a good uh, time to kind of go a bit deeper on the how do you decide what you build next and and do you feel like this pressure as an owner, uh, this pressure to be profitable, does that push you to have these rather small bets that you place one after the other, kind of rather one week long versus tying mm -hmm. up the team for four weeks? How do you how do you balance that or how do you think about that yeah um so we usually talk with users a lot so uh, we have a pretty good idea of what uh they're struggling with and like their pain points i would say um at camp light we also use assist extensively for our all our work actually so we are also users of mm -hmm. that. So we, that's a, actually a very nice thing to be able to use your own software in the, at work. And that way we have a pretty good idea, like what we're struggling with, what we want to build, how maybe. Um, so how we prioritize is mostly from, yeah, it's maybe. Uh, both analytical and kind of art in the sense like I'm kind of fan of a, a Zen and art of motorcycle riding and they're, you know, they describe the, this idea of like uh, uh, looking at something both from analytical point of view and from artistic point of view and it's it's both like we you cannot analyze it only we, you have to also feel like what needs to be done in a way. Like some people refer to it as a product feel. Uh, mm -hmm. and yeah, so we're like trying to listen to users. We're trying to listen to ourselves and, uh, we prioritize based on that. We, um, we just, see what's the most painful basically and just focus on this to solve it first um sometimes we see something that uh is not very obvious like now with ai it's like oh there are so many rabbit holes there uh so mm -hmm. we're like oh maybe we should just build this uh with some ai features and stuff like that uh, but it's also a dangerous path to follow the hype in a way. So, um, so yeah, mostly listening is, I would say, the best skill for, for that, like listening to your users, listening to your gut feeling. Uh, and that's how we prioritize, I would say. And what was the biggest, in terms of time, biggest thing that you ever kind of shipped for a sister? <laughs> we... Oh man, there is this thing which is still biting us. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, last year we we were like, okay, it's kind of interesting why. So uh, Assista is a power up for Trello. Like it it integrates mm -hmm. uh, with Trello, and in Trello you have this notion of uh, workspaces and team members. Um. And all other power-ups, we're like looking at them and they're like uh, basically billing you on the number of members you have in the workspace. But maybe only 20% of those people will use the power-up. So you're like paying for uh, your whole workspace, even though maybe just few people will uh, use it. So we've, we thought that's like not fair. We are like, okay, can we make... Uh, assisted to be fairer in that regard and you choose for which members to pay right because mm -hmm. uh, you know fairness is one of our values so how can we do that and that, that, that was so hard to do like 
it's uh i mean <laughs> now we kind of see why nobody's doing it we did it mm-hmm. like that's a feature we shipped uh which took us uh, way longer than uh like once we started shaping it we were like wow that's like actually a very deep thing like do we actually want mm-hmm. to invest time in this uh so we saw it's complex and but regardless of that we're like well it's kind of against uh, our values if we don't do it like we we have to do it we we also think it will be good in the long term like if people see that we're fair with them well, I think it's a, you know, uh, from longer term perspective, it makes more, uh, more sense. Mm. And, um, yeah, it's something that took us, uh, quite longer. We might, there wasn't the immediate benefit that people probably saw. Like, I think it's a very long term thing that people will appreciate. Mm. And, it's also kind of weird because uh, in a way we're losing revenue in that regard by implementing this uh, in the short term. By doing only. the right thing in a way. But yeah, I, I feel it's the right thing to do also. So Interesting. Yeah. So that's, how long, do you remember, hmm. did you set an appetite on that project and did you yeah, meet I that Yeah, I remember appetite? it was like two months or something. It's uh, Wow. It wasn't... Yeah, because there had to be like uh, a lot of screens we had to design. Like it's not a, uh, it wasn't a straightforward thing. Also like all the management of the users inside Trello, like what messages you give, give them when uh, they are either uh, using it or not using it. Like that kind of uh, restrictions, it's, yeah, it's kind of a boring work, but uh, mm, yeah, a lot of complexities around that. And yeah, also the, the hard thing is like when, when you implement with uh, third-party software like that, it's always a, a battle with like uh, once they change their API, you have to, uh, you know, support all kinds of crazy stuff happening there. So, yeah. Yeah. So that project is still giving you troubles kind of. It's... Uh... Yeah, I think uh, now we kind of want to, like, actually another thing we're shaping right now is just improving that because uh, mm-hmm. we shipped it. Uh, people were not clear, like, how it works exactly. Uh, so it, it works. It's just we're not clear in the messaging and, like, copies here and there. So we have to improve on that next. Um so yeah, that's actually another good thing about ShapeUp is like you can actually ship something which, well, it's not that polished. Uh, it works. Uh, see how it's perceived. And uh, yeah, you can decide to invest a little bit more on top of that later on. Um, mm-hmm. Which is interesting because I have saw some articles online about like how ShapeUp doesn't allow you to... Uh, in a f- like kind of judge how something will be perceived, but I kind of see that's exactly what's happening. Like you're actually shipping something, you see how it's uh, perceived. You can work on top of that later on. Um, so yeah, yeah. I I observe the same criticism of shape up in that um, in a way I think it gets this label as being uh, a bit of mini waterfalls or a bit more waterfally mm. in a way that you do in the shaping, you do kind of upfront planning um, of how you're going to develop this thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think that gets perceived as being waterfall-like. Yeah, I can see how that can be perceived, but maybe it's just how someone is maybe using it. Like I, I actually think it's the opposite. It's it can be very agile in that sense. Like, uh, you can even ship something very half baked if you want to. Like I wouldn't do it because it doesn't feel okay. But you can just ship something that's not ready, ready. <laughs> how would you call it? And mm-hmm. then. Uh, 
uh, you know, you can even measure how it's uh, used if you want to, and then improve later on top of it. Yeah, I agree. I I have to agree from personal experience that um, you know I think ShapeUp just forces you to ship. It forces you to make trade offs to to ship, mm. and then you you observe. And then you have this stopping function of, okay, we, we're going to put this out in the world and then maybe we work on something else for a cycle mm -hmm. while we observe how it's kind of used and then we can come back to it. Whereas um, in the in a scrum setting, I've seen teams just keep treading water on the same thing because it's never ready enough. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. you know, then you don't stop and, and observe and step back and give it time to um, to be kind of used in the market. Exactly. Interesting. So is that, so the two months is that, that was that a one-off for you? Like, are you, you're not going to have any two month projects in the foreseeable future or? <laughs> no, I don't know. Maybe we will. Uh, right now the product is very, like it, it's very mature. I'll say it's not a, I just don't see much like what we can build so much on top of it that will probably take uh take a lot of time uh we might focus on another product probably is my bet then actually mm -hmm. invest more uh long term like building features on top of it because uh, at the end of the day it's not a it's a small project it's uh the idea for it was like i mean it will never be a million dollar uh, product. It's just something that will give us revenue on top of uh, what we're doing anyway. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So is that uh, rather the strategy is to have like a portfolio of, yeah. of these yeah. smaller uh, products, niche yeah. products? Uh, for us, I, I've seen this works uh, maybe at this stage a little better. Uh, like building fast, trying something. If it works, then we stick and try uh, to bring it for uh, like uh, further in the business cycle. And uh, uh, I, I don't know. Maybe in the future it will be different. Maybe we'll just focus on uh, one product and that will be it. But I just uh, for now I don't see what this it is. <laughs> yeah. Do you see any of your colleagues transfer learnings from how you work on the products into how you work on the agency side of the business? Like, are you are you using ShapeUp there as well or principles from ShapeUp? Uh, I actually don't have a very good overview over you know the other projects. I prefer to be just focused on what we do internally. Uh, I know some people are using it um i just uh you know i have to maybe find out more about like who where uh for what uh, one of the things is like we're very flexible and also different projects have different needs like sometimes we um start new ventures which require us to be kind of fast and uh yeah, iterate uh, on very specifically for that type of project. Then we have some long-term commitments, like four-year contracts with a company where we are building their big software. Um, mm -hmm. So we're in that regard, like we are very uh, flexible. Of uh, we have all kinds of different projects and. Yeah, uh, usually the team that's responsible for that project is the one responsible for also uh, executing it and thinking how uh, mm -hmm. they should be working on it. And in that regard, you know, all teams are very autonomous and the, the, like the team actually is the deciding unit of uh, what they should be doing and how. Interesting. Yeah, got it. Makes sense. I guess you have to also adapt sometimes to what the client 
to the ways the client wants you to work. Or yeah, sometimes we work. exactly we augment like bigger teams, and uh, we just have to work the way they do. Uh, so yeah, we are kind of forced into that environment in a way. So if I if I summarize the way that you work, would you say you're still very close to the book, kind of um, the shaping, betting, and building? Yeah, I I would say yeah, except like a few differences we mentioned. Something I've also used like tried to do is like when I read an interesting book, uh, you know, I just pick the parts I like from it. Like I, mm -hmm. for me, it's very strange to criticize the whole book by, uh, criticizing one thing, for example, like. Okay, if mm -hmm. you don't like this one thing, pick uh, the 99 other things you like and just uh, use those. Um, so I, I also don't see how a methodology can be followed exactly or should be followed exactly. Like it's uh, the team is the one that has to fit the glove on top of, <laughs> on top of the hand, not the, uh, the, you know, the, the other way around. So, um, yeah, yeah, we're, we're using it that way now, maybe in the future it might change. Uh, we'll see. Like one thing I, I'm pretty sure we might change is like, we'll be more, um, like we would definitely have like more structured, um, cycles, for example, like I see with bigger team that's. It's in a way a necessity. Um, it's like if you're a small team, yeah, you can compare, you know, a small team to a rabbit or a big team with an elephant. Like it's just different types of physicality. Like you cannot uh, jump so easily if you're bigger. So yeah, we're just giving it some structure on like how how much time is a is a cycle is probably better. But when you're like, I don't know, five member team, it's like uh, almost uh, useless in that regard. Are you, is there anything that's bugging you right now about the way you work or would you say we've settled? Mm. Uh, I mean, we just had an incident <laughs> like uh, yesterday and we just had a, yeah, before this call, we were in a retrospection kind of call uh to see mm -hmm. why it happened like why what to do about it lesson lessons learned that kind of thing uh it i wouldn't say something is bugging me i i would like us to be uh also more focused in a way but it's kind of also impossible in the current stage of the company so even though my desire is to be like, yeah, I have full focus, full, you know, steam on, uh, <laughs> I, I just don't see, you know, how this is, uh, this is possible right now. Like we are slowly going that direction, uh, but mm. it's, uh, it's just a slow process. Like we don't have external funding. If we had, we'll be probably, uh, you know, faster, but, uh, yeah. We also don't want to, so <laughs> you have to, you have to be clear about like a, what kind of business you want to build in that regard. We, we're very independent. Uh, we don't answer to investors and yeah, it's just more calm way I would say to work. Mm, get, I got it. But then it also means that you do get pulled away on. Yeah, agency work that drives the revenue, right? Yes, exactly. Or that drives short-term revenue that you need to stay afloat in a way. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, makes sense. Do, is there anything, um, maybe any friction that you that you experience where where you'd say, if I could go back, and you know, if I knew now what I didn't know then. Uh, or be, sorry, based <laughs> on what I know now, I mm -hmm. would do it differently than we handled it. 
Yeah, I I mean one maybe one thing is uh it's very small but like initially uh you know I tried to do shaping in the team because I kind of have both technical art background I've run business before even though I I kind of had all the skills necessary it's it was still not enough like I mm-hmm. I remember I shaped some features which were like oh but that's actually not possible to implement it in this way because of like the way I don't know something on the back end works which is like deep cold buried somewhere like which I have no yeah. idea about so it's not that uh, you you cannot do it alone and then ask for feedback I I just think it's just way easier to involve the whole team and as we discussed more pleasant and yeah I'll just trade out try it this way instead of like trying to um to go the solo type of shaping work. Basically, your learning was, even though you might feel like you have the competency, uh, the skills to do it, mm-hmm. um, it's still beneficial to have this be a collaborative exercise. I, I think activity. so, yeah. yeah. In the very beginning, um, you mentioned that you use OKRs uh, and <laughs> you kind of la- laughed it off a bit. How do you see OKRs play along with ShapeUp? Yeah, I mean, it's and just... With the uh... delivery you do. Yeah, I, I see so many people hate it, uh, and I know why they hate it, because they've probably used it in some very corporate type of setting where, yeah, it just wasn't used correctly, I feel. Uh, I mean, OKRs are nothing, really. They're just uh, a way for us to say with words what our priorities are and kind of measure them like how far we mm-hmm. are in the progress um so would I mean, you be in a position yeah. to make it like really concrete on what are your okrs right now and how are you building towards them yeah sure i mean the uh, we have one because we uh yeah that's that's another thing which i've seen teams do mm, i don't know why like they said too many and it just never works yeah uh the only objective right now is for the project to be sustainable so that means covering everybody's salaries on the project and yeah we are measuring by you know measuring revenue uh monthly active users uh and few other you know SaaS metrics you can think of that will tell us are we closer to that or not uh and this has been our oh, we we don't actually change it we just uh i think uh we've stayed with that okr for the last few quarters and yeah until we we go there and make it like fully covering our salaries which as i said is like almost there uh then we will probably mm-hmm. think about something else uh, as a priority but for now that's the focus like why should we mm-hmm. even think about anything else like that's the main thing a business should be thinking at the beginning so in the discussions about what to build next do you reflect on you know if we build this we believe this is going to push us or increase revenue by x or yeah in a way like everything we build is like also tied to that like is it something that will actually uh help us now in the case of that feature i mentioned which is uh, <laughs> probably the opposite uh the fairness still... feature yes <laughs> we still believe like that's something that in the long term will bring us closer to a more profitable business um so we don't want to rush it like i mean it's very easy to actually do stuff that uh will make it profitable for the next month and then people will be angry with us like i i just don't think that's a good way to run a business like you have to be thinking long term yeah. in that regard so yeah every time we're like building something it's also tied to our is is it going to make our 
customers happier? Uh, are they going to like uh, this addition more? Like, uh, it's all about, you know, making someone's life easier in a way. So it comes from that. In the spirit yeah. of time, I think we've we've covered a lot of ground. Um, what kind of what are you looking forward to uh, in in the future on on Assista or getting hmm. started on other projects? Yeah, so on Assista, we we just want to finish up some important features uh, this quarter, uh, ship them, and and. Also, as products as a whole in Camplight, uh, we're looking into few other opportunities. Like something is baking, <laughs> I would say, uh, mm -hmm. which is a little bit bigger than this project. So we'll see how that goes. Like we have to again approach it carefully as uh, we are funding it ourselves, and yeah, how can we? If we are to make it a product, like how can it be also sustainable? Um, so that's what I'm looking for maybe this year to test this uh, and think about, you know, some other products we're building. Cool. If people feel kind of inspired by your story or can relate to it, what's a good way to reach out to you um, mm. to maybe take, yeah, learn yeah. from you directly? Uh, so they can, uh, I mean, they can reach me personally on Twitter. Probably I'm active there. Uh, if they just search my name, they will find me. Uh, also they can write. I can that... attest to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's where we met. Uh, and they can also write to either team at camplight.com or marine at, uh, camplight.com. Uh, sorry, camplight.net. I'm uh, terrible with uh, domain <laughs> names. Uh, and yeah, they can reach me there if they want to. Cool. Yeah, I'll just add a link to your pr uh, Twitter profile in the show notes maybe okay. so people can find you there Sure. and reach out. Cool. Thank you so much uh, for your time. It yeah. was really cool to hear your story. I yeah. I love the the collective um idea and and kind of business model that you all have at Camp Light. Thanks David. Yeah, it was a pleasure. Uh, thanks for listening. There you have it. I hope you enjoyed the conversation with Marine. If you like this show, please leave us a review or spread the word. And to find jobs at companies that work with Shaper, like Camplight, remember to check out our job board at shapers.builders. Thank you so much for listening and I hope you have a great day.